0: Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.
1: Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis.
2: Welcome to journeys in faith. It's great to be here with you on this Friday evening at 8 30 p.m. Eastern time And I have amazing guests for you tonight. I have Tony McFadden She's the founder of relationships matter and also Marlene Downing She's the director of hope pregnancy centers in the Philadelphia area and they're both pro-life advocates So we have a lot to talk about tonight. They're gonna be awesome guests So first, I would like to welcome both of my guests, Marlene and Tony, thank you so much for joining me on Journeys in Faith.
3: Thank you for having us, in.
2: Yes, and we've been having some awesome uh, conference calls and telephone calls preparing for this great night that we are going to talk about the importance of uh, respecting life from conception all the way until natural death. Um, And it's such an important mission. And I know that both of you take that mission so seriously. So I thank you for joining me. And also I'd like to invite our viewers and listeners, because this is also on podcast as well at Patchwork Heart Radio, uh, to go to their website. So for Tony McFadden, you would go to TonyMcFadden.com. And it's Tony with an I. And for Marlene, it's Hope Pregnancy Centers, and that's (laughs) plural.org. So I just wanted to give you that information So I thought we could start out with both of your faith story. And we'll start out with Marlene. I know Marlene, you are very active in the greater Philadelphia area in pro-life. You and I have also some common friends in our area. And even one of my previous guests on Journeys in Faith was Dr. Monique Ribeiro. (laughs) So I say hello to Dr. Ribeiro and our good friend, Mickey Kelly, who is also so active in in the pro-life community. So, would love to hear your story.
3: Yeah. So, I am. Um, I am. Now, I'll, I'll use the phrase "all in" um, when it comes to being pro-life. Um, but my story is, I was not always all in. I I was a person that um, just I didn't have a lot of faith when I was younger. I I didn't have that background. Um, but my aunt um, brought me to a church when I was about 15 years old. And um, I heard a pastor um, on Broad and Fairmount. Um, he was he was amazing. And I was just, you know, intrigued by the message and intrigued how the message sort of came at me. Um, so I guess that started my faith walk, but I did not like... I didn't surrender at that time, if you will. I was just continuing to live my life and just didn't think anything of it. I I didn't think um, that there was anything wrong with what I was doing because I didn't feel like I was a bad person. Um, so uh, for me, I just, um, I went to school, um, I partied, I you know, had different relationships. Um, when I was younger, um, I guess a backstory is I was molested when I was five years old. Um, and it's, it's okay. Um, (laughs) I got through it. Um, so from five to seven and then, um, you know, from there, what I did, um, was just, I just kind of felt that it was, that was what I had to offer, you know, to, to people, um, to, to men that, that I dated, uh, because I was already exposed when I was younger. Um, so, anyway, you know, just, just fast forwarding, I had two kids out of wedlock, um, and I also had abortions. Um, and it was two abortions that I had during the time of me discovering myself and, and who I actually was and my worth in Christ. And that came from me just um surrendering as I said I, I used to just come to church and um even though I'd go to church, I would turn around and you know go out and not really have like that full surrendering of faith um until uh, I don't know it was just one day I just just felt that it was a need like a need for me to surrender everything and 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 after I had my daughter um Things became hard, and you know I had to look to God. Um, my first daughter is 19; she's now in college. Um, but I, I had to look to Him for the things that I needed. Um, so, in, in finding out that that this God is a true God, Jesus Christ is true, and and He's He's faithful to do, um, you know, what He says, and He has promises for us that that he does deliver on, you know, I just started seeing things unfold and um, you know, it didn't really stop there, like where, you know, things things did not, I didn't go like totally on a straight path because after I had my daughter, you know, I still had um I still had to kind of learn, you know, really what it meant to to really dig deep into the Bible and and to walk a straight line. And that was to really surrender to abstinence, and that's why I speak to um, children about purity. I speak um, to the youth about purity now. So, um, just doing that and in that faith walk, I, I, you know, just began my my journey. So, um, I started going to the church like constantly. I, I went there for maybe about. Almost five years straight, um, where before I was just going on and off. And my pastor noticed, I guess, that I was just becoming, you know, a person that was very faithful. Um, So one day there's a gentleman that has a a walk um, or a march to City Hall. It's called the Say So March. And that march um, is headed by Pastor Childress. He he does this um, every year at our church at Greater Exodus. He comes to the church and he um, you know, has like a little rally at first, and then we marched to City Hall. So this one year, and it was before I became director, um, we marched. And um, before that, I had started fasting. I, I was fasting constantly. And um, on and off, maybe I did 15, 14 days fasting. And, and then i go off, and then i do 21. Um, but I was hearing from God the whole time. Like he was literally... Um, revealing things to me that, that were just totally amazing through his word and through the things that he was placing in my way. Um, so the first thing that he showed me first, and I, I tell this story all the time, so it's, it's funny because if you heard it before, you'll hear it again. Um, yeah, so he He says to me, um, you know, about forgiveness. Like he was showing me scriptures and and just different things about how we are to forgive. And he really pinpointed the fact that if there's any offense in our heart, we are to let it go immediately. Um, not when we feel like it, not even two minutes later, immediately. Like as soon as it hits our heart, the offense um, comes to us, we are to let it go. And the reason for that is that our hearts are are wicked. Um, and it's so easy for us to, to grab hold. And, and I mean, even to this day, we can see in, in this day and age, like it's it's so easy to turn to just a, in a, into a different person if you allow unforgiveness to sit in your heart. So that was the first thing um, that was significant. And I didn't really realize why he had said that to me, but I just held on to it. And I said, okay, like, you know, I'll take that. Um, the next thing was, I'm sitting at my desk and I worked for a corporate organization prior to, um, the hope center for almost 10 years. So I'm at my desk and this young lady knew she, she knows my faith in God because I never made that a secret. Um, so she gave me this book and the book was, um, gosh, why do I keep forgetting the name of the book? (laughs) Um, it was about heaven, um, the little boy that went to heaven uh gosh i can't remember so anyway i'm reading this book and you know he's talking about how glorious it is and how we will have glorified bodies um actually he didn't say that in the book but he talked about how beautiful things were um the colors and um just so much so much of beauty that heaven is and it, it kind of gave me a thirst to understand and know more about heaven so i, I just started. Like looking up near death experiences, you know, from people and hearing how they met Jesus and you know what what it was like. And I know that you can't um, put anything, any faith in anything outside of the Bible. But everything that they were saying was based on you know what what we read in the Bible, based on scriptures. And I'm like, wow, these people really had these experiences, and it was amazing to me. So. Um, I started I kept reading books and and I learned that it was you know people would meet you (laughs) but people that went before you would greet you in heaven and I'm like wow you know so I'm thinking about my aunt the one that brought me to to faith to to Christ um, to greater exodus um, you know who has the same birthday as my pastor by the way Um, so I'm thinking about her I'm like it'd be so great to see her and you know just just everything. And I'm thinking, I'm not thinking that this is something that he was going to bring to me later. So after the march, I I'm finished, finished the march or going to march, actually, um, marching to city hall, my pastor, he's, he's always like late <laughs> when it comes to marching down because it's city hall is not very far from our church. So he comes running by. And I guess um, at that time, our director was very, very ill. Um, so we were, we didn't have a director at that time at the Hope Center. So, um, he thought about it, I guess, I guess God, God gave him this. So he's like, he turns around, he's like, Hey, we we're looking for a director. And I said, he, he's not talking to me. Like I turned around, I, I, I really didn't take it seriously. Um, so we finished the march, um, I'm thinking about what he said and I'm thinking about where I'm working at. And I'm like, you know, I'm seven minutes away from, from my job. That's where I live at in Delaware. And I'm like, you know, if I leave and like, how is my car at that time, my car like was totally raggedy. Like, I'm like, how is my car going to make it to Philly every day? It's just not possible. So, um, Long story short, I, I got in the car. I'm still thinking about that. And then I put on worship music and I'm like always driving with worship music. And I'm, you know, talking to God. And he says, um, he says, Marlene, he said, you remember um what I told you about heaven. And and I said, Yes, like I remember. So I started recounting. I'm not talking to him, talking to him, but you know, like how how it comes into your spirit, and you you have that conversation with God, so I'm recounting the things that that he he had showed me in this revelation <clears throat> and i'm I'm thinking about like how i said yeah we have we'll have glorified bodies, and um you know the people that pass before us will 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 meet us will greet us in heaven and um he then said to me, and I used to not be able to say this without crying, but now I said it so much, I guess it's kind of numb me. But um, he said, Marlene, your children will meet you in heaven. Aww. So, so that brought me back to the forgiveness piece. Because if you think about something happening, like someone, a mother killing their child, um, and that child turning around and forgiving you and meeting you in heaven, you know, and, and then the forgiveness of Jesus to even, to even give me this revelation, you know, after I, I did this. And, and I didn't know at the time before that, um, I, I had no idea that um, it was something that was so heinous. I knew it was bad, but I didn't understand the fullness of it. And so I think that I feel, and now I'm about to cry.
2: Mm, thank you for sharing with us, Marlene.
3: Oh, no, it's okay. I think that I I feel so blessed to be able to know because I think sometimes, you know, there there are a lot of people that know, but they don't know, you know? Mm-hmm. But I know, and because I know, there's nothing that anybody can tell me. Nobody can right. say, you know, Marlene, you're you're taking this too far, or you know, or there's 80% that 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 means that if you're raped or incest, that there's a reason. There's never a reason to have an abortion. Never. Like there's there's just never a reason. So um, the work that I do at the hope Center um, it just started to unfold like uh, there's so, so much of a backstory with me getting in <laughs> finally getting into yes. the hope Center um, but that's another story by itself and it's irrelevant because I'm there um, but the the work um, the fact that when God does something it is perfect it it it's nothing yeah. it's nothing that um it's nothing missing and the fact that he's using me and knowing that he used me as a puzzle piece that that missing piece um to to move it forward um and and i'm learning so much i'm meeting so many great people so much has been brought to my life like you know you mentioned some great people Dr. Rivero Mickey um, Pat Stanton you Tony you. all of the pro like people when they talk about pro-life people I've never met anybody any I'm, in my life I'm telling you like it's it's been an amazing experience to know you guys um, because you appreciate life and I think that's where it starts that we have to start appreciating the beginning and the end and understanding that that we are only here by the grace of God and that mm-hmm. we made it into this world by by the strength <laughs> like it's a miracle that we're here so um, so yeah it's, it's so much more to my story I'm, I'm an author as well I, I did a book called Shedding Soul Ties that highlights the fact that it's important for us to remain pure. Um, and it's a struggle. Um, but, but that purity is, is just, there's nothing that, that I wish more for our youth than that. So, um, so that's my heart. And, and that's mm-hmm. where we're at right now.
2: Marlene, thank you. What a beautiful <laughs> story. I am so proud of you and proud of you Thanks. for sharing. Um, and and you, you have a, a story that, invites all of us to learn more about what you are doing and I certainly invite you to come back on this show because I think there's uh, much more for us to discuss even about your mission Uh, I do want to tell the people that are watching and listening because as I said this is also on a podcast uh, that if you (laughs) want to learn more about the Hope Pregnancy Center to please go to hopepregnancycenters.org there's that's plural by the way And there's a hotline, too. I want to give that hotline number. It's um, 1-800-712-4357, and they help people who are uh, contemplating abortion. And who better than someone like Marlene, who has understood that and is now working in pro-life and is doing so much to make outreach. So Marlene, thank you. Uh, I would like to also um, turn it over now to our other guest, our wonderful guest, Tony McFadden. Uh, you can learn about her on her website at tonymcfadden.com, Tony with an I. And she is the founder of Relationships Matter. She's a wife and a mother from Pennsylvania. And Tony, thank you for joining us.
4: Thank you. I'm so sorry that you guys can't see me, really, but my picture. Um, but we had some technical difficulties because my power went out. So I apologize. Uh, For that, but I'm so thankful to be on the show and um, thank you so much for allowing us a platform to be able to share our stories and to continue to um, share God's truth and what He's done for us. Um, I love to share that we serve a God that does not waste anything and we serve a God of redemption. And I I've seen that throughout my life over and over and over again. He doesn't just rescue us. He continues to mold us and shape us into who he's called us to be. And um, I'm so thankful to be a child of God. I wasn't always, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, We went to church here and there, but um, I would say that the depth of our relationship with the Lord didn't affect who we were when we walked out of church. <laughs> um, it didn't affect our worldview or the decisions we made. And so I knew, I knew, I had head knowledge about God. I knew Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, but that's as far as it went. And I didn't have a personal relationship with him. Um, I grew up with um, my, my father, um, always taking care of us. And I realize even now that it's so beneficial having a father figure, even if they're not perfect necessarily, but having a father's presence is huge. Um, my, I don't have a relationship with my biological mother because she um, uh, struggles with drug addiction. So I still don't have a relationship with her till this day. Um, but my dad was kind of in and out of relationships. And then he remarried to my mom, who is my mom now since I was seven years old. And that really set up um, a foundation of stability for us, even though it wasn't perfect. But I, I never really knew what a healthy relationships look like. And so by the time I got into high school, like a lot of teenagers that Don't have parents who are necessarily involved in their lives, you're looking to your peers and probably television. It's not like you're saying, okay, I'm going to look to my peers and television to learn about how, what I'm supposed to be or who I'm supposed to be, but it's kind of subconscious. And I was just trying to figure out life. And I started dating a guy when I was a sophomore in high school. And, um, he was a year ahead of me in school and he was on the football team, you know, one of those, you know, (laughs) jocks and we started dating and he, I mean, looking back now, I realized it wasn't the best relationship. He didn't treat me as well as um, now I would want to be treated, but I thought it was normal. And um, my senior year, he had went off to college and I had so many insecurities and I believe men gave me my worth. Therefore, I thought, well, if we have sex in this relationship, maybe he'll stay with me. And that sounds ridiculous coming out of my mouth now, but I've heard so many young girls say the exact same thing. And we added sex to our relationship and ended up in a crisis pregnancy where he told me, you know, you I hope you don't want to keep this baby. My best friend at the time said, you can't keep this baby. And this is the time where now I am so thankful for crisis pregnancy centers. I didn't know they existed. This was 1999. So I didn't know they existed. But this is such a crucial moment because a teenager needs the truth in those moments, not someone feeding off of their fear. Who say they're going to try to help you. And that's what the abortion clinic did. They even gave me a fake name so that if they had to call my house and my parents answered, they would say that fake name and I would know it was them. So deceptive. And anyway, so I was about seven weeks along. So I was given the RU486 pills. And before they, those pills were given to me, they gave me um, a sonogram and the nurse had the monitor faced away from me. Now I realized that was a reason. She did that on purpose. They don't want you to see your baby. And for some reason, I asked if I could see the the monitor and she was hesitant, but she allowed me to see. But then she very quickly said, it's just the size of a pea. It's nothing. That's a lie. I mean, right there, you're being deceptive. No, my baby has its own DNA. That baby's heartbeat had already begun to beat. Their, you know, their hair color, their skin tone, how tall they're going to be, they, that specifically to them was there. And you told me that my baby was the size of a pea. That was nothing. So in my uneducated mind, I thought, okay, it's not a baby. I was given the RU-486 pills. The first pills that were ta- were taken were to, you know, obviously end the life of the baby because it blocks the hormone progesterone so that the baby no longer receives nourishment or blood flow. Um, side note, they can actually reverse this now, but only, if, only with the first set of pills. Um, it's uh, abortionpillreversal.com. So if a girl takes it, she can actually reverse that if she regrets it. Thank um, you. That's side note. <laughs> yes, um, thank you for that saying that. That wasn't around. You're welcome. Um, that wasn't around in 1999, but they do have that now. So that's a great resource. Um, so I took those pills. I felt re- I felt the remorse right away. I know not all women feel that way, but I did. Um, I remember laying in the back seat of my best friend's car, crying silently while she and my boyfriend just carried on a conversation like nothing happened um i know i probably don't have too much time so i'm going to speed through a little bit um my boyfriend actually breaks up with me right after that Uh, my abortion pills actually didn't work i took both sets and never the baby never was exposed Um, i called them i told them they said this is why we gave you a second set of pills I was like, okay. I spotted a little bit and thought that was it. Two months later, I started hemorrhaging in school. And not to be graphic, but I mean, blood clots the size of my fist. I should have gone to the Mm -hmm. hospital, but I was too afraid to go because I didn't want to tell my parents. So just like similar to the unplanned movie, I remember laying, being in the bathroom bleeding for hours in excruciating pain, thinking I was gonna die all by myself. And- I'm sorry. um, That's okay, I know. Very traumatic for a teenager to be going through who's not fully developed mentally. That's traumatic. No no woman, let alone young girls, should be going through something like this. And um, long story short, um, I spiraled out of control many meaningless relationships thinking I wasn't worth anything. Very similar to what Marlene was saying. Well, I already gave it away. It doesn't matter anyway. This is all I'm for, but God, I love those two words. My favorite words, mm-hmm. <laughs> but God came and redeemed my life when I was in college. I went to a campus crusade for Christ meeting one random Thursday that a friend asked me to go. And those, being around 200 college students who love the Lord in just one moment taught me they had something that I didn't have. And I remember going back into my dorm room, crying my eyes out, not realizing why I was crying, but it was just desperate for change. And I knew I wasn't able to change myself. And that's when I believe the Holy Spirit stepped in and redeemed my life. I didn't have all the perfect words, but he surrounded me with people who loved him and taught me the word of God and really set me up to realize who he created me to be. So when I say God doesn't waste anything, years later, I started working for a crisis pregnancy center. I went through post-abortion counseling and I started speaking in schools on saving sex for marriage. And I was part of that for six or seven years. And um, wanted to get married and didn't realize that for two years, someone had been looking for me. And this person had been looking for me because God had grabbed a hold of their hearts and showed them that they needed to come back to me and apologize. So that same boy who sat in that abortion clinic with me and broke up with me the very next day, almost 10 years later came back into my life to apologize for the way that he treated me. And he said, that it was easier for him to walk out of uh, a relationship than to have to face me and know that we ended the life of our child. And that was the first moment that I knew abortion does not just affect women, it affects men just as much. And lo and behold, he is actually the same A man that put a ring on my finger almost 11 years ago and we've been married uh we just celebrated 11 years of marriage and we have four beautiful children and so talk about a god of redemption um i never ever thought that the one i'd been praying for would be the one that i fell in love with (laughs) years ago without jesus but then god redeemed it and we have this beautiful marriage, this beautiful relationship, and got a second chance to do it God's way rather than our way. And the last thing I'll say is the most beautiful part of our redemption was being able to honor our unborn baby at our wedding. Um, We we lit an extra candle to represent Mm -hmm. his life. And when I say he, God gave me a dream that our baby was a boy. And I truly believe every time a guy gives me the opportunity to share our story, our baby is no longer a statistic, but we are giving our baby a voice.
2: How beautiful is this? Uh, I just, I know that people who are watching and listening, you know, you, you have a big smile because although it was a, a very sad and, and. A heart-wrenching story to hear that mm-hmm. you went through that abortion, but how the Lord came through in your life. Yeah, how you're Only serving God. Him, how you and your husband are both serving Him, and I, I'm so uh, grateful for your friendship and that we're here on this day to to talk on the podcast and on this show, live show, about your life. So I'm grateful Thank to you, you, Tony, and I'm grateful to Thank you, Marlene, you. for your beautiful story. Uh, And we have so much more to talk about because it is uh, time for us to take a short break. Uh, We are going to be back in just a few minutes. So please come back and join us on Journeys in Faith with my two friends here, Tony McFadden and Marlene Downing.
1: Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present Hear Your Faith, a brand new audio subscription service that features a growing collection of uplifting, Catholic audio choruses, talks, and other exclusive content to help you grow deeper in your faith and knowledge of Catholicism. Subscribe today at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry.
0: Patchwork Heart Ministry is committed to sowing hope into broken hearts by helping young people encounter the love of Jesus Christ and His Catholic Church through prayer, storytelling, and media initiatives. We invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this mission financially. Mail your tax-deductible donation to Patchwork Heart Ministry at P.O. Box 563 Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, zip code 53147, or visit patchworkheart.org to donate online. That's Patchwork Heart Ministry, P.O. Box 563 Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, or online at PatchworkHeart.org.
2: Hi, welcome back to Journeys in Faith on this Friday evening with my two friends, Tony McFadden of Relationships Matter and also Marlene Downing from the Hope Pregnancy Center in Philadelphia. And our topic tonight is the pro-life world and the wonderful work that both of them are doing uh, to help those who are contemplating abortion. Both of them gave their stories in the first half of the show And I'm very grateful to both of you for opening your heart and sharing with us uh, your beautiful stories. So uh, I wondered if we could talk a little bit also about your experience working in pro-life. So maybe we can start with you, Marlene. What is it like for you working at uh, the Hope Pregnancy Center and helping women who are uh, really going through difficult and challenging decisions
3: to make? um I remember the first time I was called Miss Marlene (laughs) um Mm. and and that that is like a term of endearment to me because I I never thought of myself as a Miss Marlene before I started the Hope Center I wasn't called Miss Marlene because I worked with my peers and so um just having that that moment with these young ladies um, and the fact that they look to me and respect me um, enough to, to listen to what I have to say to them and the fact that I know that that they're safe with me. Um, I think it's so important for us to to preserve, um, preserve them even when they're going through, even when um, things aren't perfect in their life, even when they're not perfect because nobody is. Um, everybody goes through Things in life. Um, so for me to be able to mentor and help, and, you know, not all of the people that come to the Hope Center are, are young, like some of them are my age, and just being able to um, serve in that way is, is the most amazing um, experience, because you see the people, they, they change, they, um, they listen to you, and, and they understand after you start to explain to them that that through Christ, there's nothing that you can't do. Um, we pray with everyone that comes into the center. Um, it doesn't matter their faith. It doesn't matter whether they're atheist, whether they're Muslim, whether, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. We let them know um, that, that it's a safe place um, and that we just like to, pl- to pray for them. And, and 99% of the time they say yes. So um, that's encouraging for to know that that people who did not have faith leave with with an ounce of something, um, and some of them come to Christ. Like it's just it's too many <laughs> too many great stories to tell. Um, but but one that I'd like to share um, is a story about um, a young lady who who showed up at church one day. Um, our church is right next to the Hope Center, and that day, I was, like, recruiting people to come to um, to the movie screening that we had rent out, rented out the whole AMC theater for the movie Unplanned um, for my church and for the community, you know, to come and, and see that movie because we wanted everybody to see it. So I had tickets, and I'm, you know, recruiting people. I had my little list, and all of a sudden, when the secretary called me, she's, Says Marlene, she said, someone that just came up and gave their life to Christ needs to speak with you. And I said, wow, um, you know, i like, I'd never expected it's a Sunday, you know, our, our, our center is closed on Sunday. So I'm like, okay, um, send her over. Um, and I was like, matter of fact, I'll come and get her. So I, when I went over there, more people were signing up and I see her over there talking to the deaconess. And um, I go and I greet her and I said, do you want to come over and talk to me? And she says, sure. So she had her son with her and we talked. And after an hour of her explaining to me how, you know, she didn't know how she ended up here again, that her, her the father of her child was um, just not there for her son and, and she's pregnant again. And she didn't know how she ended up here. Um, after an hour of talking, I finally got out of her why she was so upset, and it was that she took the abortion pill. Oh, yeah, on Friday. So um, I had to make a phone call, and the first person that I thought of was Dr. Ribeiro, and mm-hmm. so I, I gave her a call and history <laughs> is history. Um you know the baby was born January twenty third, I believe. That's my birthday. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she oh, wow. and she's such a beautiful, oh my gosh, she's just her name, yeah, she's just she's just a beautiful young lady. Oh, and beautiful. I just love her. Um, so those stories, I have so many, and so so many that are close to my heart. Each and every person that comes in, um, you know, just they're they're amazing young ladies, and just they just need someone to show them love, and and that's where they come to get that. So it's it's a it's a great great time. I, I also enjoy um, being out in front of the the Planned Parenthood and um, the Women's Center just being, being a witness or speaking, you know, it's, it's, it's a really, really great, great thing to be in the pro-life world, I believe.
2: Wonderful. What a story. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And I want to invite people to connect with Marlene, as I said, at, uh, at the Hope Center, again, at hopepregnancycenters.org. And, uh, you can connect with her and learn more about the great work that she's doing and many other people. So I'd like to also ask you, Tony, uh, with your rela- with mm-hmm. Relationships Matter, and I'm on your website yeah. right now looking at it. It's uh, TonyMcFadden.com. You say we're, we mm-hmm. were never created, nor are we able to live out our, our lives on our own. Why? Because relationships matter. And I know that mm-hmm. there's a great connection there to your own pro-life story. And just wondered if you yeah. could share what you have learned about women, who are contemplating abortion and the ways that they can be helped, whatever you want to share with us would be wonderful.
4: Yeah. um, Well, the reason I created relationships matter is actually to get to the root of the problem um, before. So we don't have to deal with abortion. Um, So I wanted to get to the youth and educate them and talk about their worth. And talk about um, raising them up to and giving them tools when it comes to sex and relationships that goes against the culture because they're being bombarded with an opposite message that this is normal you can have sex with whoever you want to it doesn't matter it's not going to affect you when most of the time when I would stand in front of a classroom of 25 kids most of them say they want to get married And so I'm telling, I'm trying to teach them that what they do now is building who they're becoming when they're standing at the altar someday, that they can love their spouses now by the way that they treat relationships. And that, um, so that's like the main idea of the whole relationships matter piece. But then I obviously incorporate my story of showing them what happens when you don't think for yourself and you do just follow the crowd and um all of these people who are saying like it's no big deal they're not going to be there for you when you're in this crisis you know so yes um but when it comes to um abortion i often get young girls and older women messaging me and saying i've never told anyone and they could be in the church You know, four Mm -hmm. out of 10 women are sitting in our pews who have had an abortion and they're suffering in silence. And so my hope is to help them because I always say God wants to use the dark places of our hearts to heal other people and to bring that out into the light, not to shame you, but to show you his redemption that Um, He does not treat us as our sins deserve. If you truly believe what the cross did, it was enough. So um, I want to speak to those who have had an abortion and say, there's still hope, you know, like he wants to redeem that and show you that he can heal you. And he's the only one that can heal you. And for those who have, who are on the fence, my hope is to share my story so they, they they don't have to go through what I went through to see that ending the life of your child is not the best decision ever. It's never going to be a solution. Um, death is never a solution, no matter the crisis, that it may feel like your life's going to end, but... There's so many resources and there's so many people who will walk alongside you and help you. And so I've I've loved. Um, I have a a really good friend in Co- in Colorado who often does um, uh, baby showers um through Amazon. Like we'll buy we'll ask people to buy things for for um, people who are dealing with a crisis and they don't know how they're gonna get resources. And I love being able to like provide for these girls so they don't have to worry. Because a lot of times it's financial. That's really like the main issue. Yes, I'm sure. And so just finding ways like that. But I just think that those who have had an abortion, I think the enemy wants to silence us because when we vocalize that, it's like, oh, they've been through it, they know. And it's a lot easier to silence us than to have our voices speak up because I think it's more powerful than we think.
2: Exactly. I just love to hear both of your stories. Mm -hmm. You have so much to share and Mm -hmm. I hope that someone is listening that is being touched by this. I know that more than one is (laughs) on this show (laughs) and also on the podcast uh, and also continue to invite people to learn more about both of your ministries. Now we're in a culture right now where you know people are questioning a lot of things that are happening in society, yeah. and I, I know that not everyone knows the the abortion rate amongst uh, African Americans. I wondered if you can share some information for those who are uh, on this podcast and also li- watching right now on the show.
3: Sure, I'll, I'll go ahead and share that. Um, so. Okay. Forty percent of the abortions um, that take place are by Af- um, performed by African Americans. Um, we make up thirteen percent of the population, so it a lot of times it, it becomes um, just a race issue where people are looking at the fact that maybe because you know people are so so apt to. To talk about the African Americans that are having abortions, that they are being um, judgmental um, in saying that, and um, saying that you know that that there are more more um, white people that are having abortions versus the black people. Well, when you make up thirteen percent of the population, um, it's just a smaller percentage. But you're you're at forty percent. It should never be. Um, yes. excuse me. So yeah, that that's those numbers are are just terrible and um we have to pay attention to them because um it's we're being targeted. We're we're being targeted yes. and and mm-hmm. it's it's just happening in our community too much.
4: Tony, what
3: thoughts do you have yeah. on the topic?
4: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we want to I mean, not to <laughs> I know this is a touchy subject, but if we want to talk about Black Lives Matter, no one wants to talk about the fact that abortion is the number one killer in the Black community. And no one wants to talk about um, Margaret Sanger, their founder, being a racist and being a part of the eugenics movement. And um, no one wants to talk about the fact that uh, 75% 75 of the abortion clinics are strategically placed in low-income and minority areas. And so I just did a video with Students for Life um, about Black genocide. It is a genocide. If we get down to 10%, it's gonna be very hard to build back up from that. And so I have a group of ladies um, on my kind of side thing that I'm doing besides Relationships Matter called Pro-Exit. And what that is, Pro-Exit is a movement um, and a mission to abolish abortion In the Black community, obviously we care about any baby that is aborted, but because we want to hit those who are disproportionately targeted right now, Um, but we also want to educate Black women on how to exit the curse of abortion and empower them to enter the truth by restoring our Black generation. And that is powerful because um, we we hashtag the word is out. And the reason we hashtag the word is out because Margaret Sanger famously said, "We don't want the word out; that we want to exterminate the the Negro population." And so we're um, going against that and saying, "No, the word is out, and we're going to abolish this." And so you can find pro-Exit on. Facebook, and it will lead you to our our pro-exit movement, and you can join our Facebook group and learn more information. We're going to be having videos on there to educate women, and um, 2021, we're hoping to have a conference called The Word is Out, and would love to just see the Black community rise up and be educated and say no more to abortion.
2: Excellent work that you're doing. I saw it on Facebook, actually, today, and for mm-hmm. people who are watching and listening, again, it's P-R-O, and I believe it's hyphen exit. A dash, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. a hyphen E-X-I-T, so pro-exit. Yep. You definitely want to check that out. Uh, excellent work that you're doing, as I said. Uh, I wondered if either of you had any other thoughts about uh, just our current culture right now. We're coming out of this COVID-19 crisis. We've seen some other things uh, happening in our country that... Many of us scratch our heads and don't understand uh, all that's happening. So I wondered if you had some other thoughts there before we end the show in about five minutes or so.
3: I just, (laughs) I just, I just think that, that we should just um, walk by faith and not by sight. (laughs) I mean, I can't say anything greater than that because it's so many illusions that are happening right now that, that are very confusing. Um, some things that are are being pushed on us and, um, in my heart and in my spirit, I just, just feel that it's, just not right so so i'm i'm walking by faith i'm seeking god for answers versus Mm -hmm. taking um you know just anybody's word for it because you really have to second guess Mm -hmm. the things that are going on right now
2: yes thank you Mm
4: -hmm. and you tony yeah i would say the time is now the time is now to stand and know who you are in christ and know that god it goes before you and that this is not a time to have one foot in the world and one foot. It's, I did a video today about a remnant. Like God is calling his remnant, his chosen ones to rise up, um, to be a light right now because people are confused and they are looking for truth. And there is no such thing as your truth. There is the truth. That is it. And if you don't know the truth, then you are going to be tossed all over the place, and you're going to be in fear, and you're going to be lost. Um, When you are pursuing Jesus, even when there's fear, there's just this unshakable confidence and peace, because you know he goes before you. And you also know that this world is not our home, and (laughs) we're going to have hard times here, but take heart because he has overcome this world. And I think the more we seek the word, the more we seek the truth rather than social media, more than uh, mainstream media, the more um, you'll be able to stand firm. Amen. Amen.
2: We're coming to the end. wondered if you could each give some closing thoughts for those watching who on the pro-life movement, on things that are happening in this country, and any other things that you'd like to share on faith. Marlene?
3: And so, on the pro-life movement, I would just say to anybody who's fighting for life, um, continue to fight. the mm-hmm. The battle is not won by the enemy. Um, we have the victory, uh, and just be encouraged. Just, just continue to fight. Uh, it's if we save mm-hmm. one child, it's it's worth it. Yeah. Um, and, and know that that your efforts are not in vain. Yeah. And and just put. Put your feet forward and, and trust me, God will do the rest. Thank you, Marlene.
4: Amen. Amen. Um, I would say every voice is needed. You know, um, I think oftentimes we can think, oh, they got it or they're doing it. no. No, God has uniquely made all of us. And so the giftings that he is putting you are different than he's put in someone else. And we, we need you. We need your voice, whatever that's going to look like. It's not always going to look the same. And so do not let fear paralyze you because when you walk in obedience, you will see God provide.
2: Amen. Thank you.
4: Amen. What
2: an awesome show. We have to do this again. fact, I will promise that we will schedule another time, whether it be <laughs> each of you separately or doing this again together. It's been such an honor and also want to let people know that there's also another podcast that you can listen to with Patchwork Heart Ministry. If you go to YouTube and you can find the Sewing Hope podcast, that's a podcast that I do with my co-host, Bill Snyder. He's the founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry, and you can listen to another show with uh, Tony McFadden and Marlene Downing and myself and Bill Snyder. So that's one thing. So another thing I want to mention to people who are watching right now on Facebook Live on Fiat Ministry Network is to invite you to go to YouTube at 9.30 when this show is over because there's going to be another awesome show with a woman by the name of Colleen Christ. She is uh, the founder of uh, an organization, a nonprofit, A Mother's Love. And she is a witness for pro-life. So I invite you to go over to Patchwork Heart Ministry at 9.30 this evening, Eastern Time, right after this, and listen to that show. And it will also be on demand afterwards. So if you're listening to this on podcast later on, uh, be sure to check it out. Um, So thank you for joining us, both of you. Uh, And I also want to invite uh, uh, those who are on this network right now to please like fiat ministry network it's all about saying yes to jesus christ what can be better than that and that's what this show has been all about this evening is saying yes to jesus christ so i thank you all and also one last thing there's going to be an opportunity to watch a video with tony mcfadden and marlene downing and myself called five minutes of faith where we are going to talk about three ways that you can become more involved in your own pro-life community. All you need to do is go to patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry and you can find that video. Now, you won't find it right away this evening on this Friday evening that we're doing the live show, but it will be available for you pretty soon. So check it out. And I thank you both again. And to just announce those websites for Marlene Downing, it's HopePregnancyCenters.org, Tony McFadden, TonyMcFadden.com. We will see everyone next week on Journeys in Faith with Anne DeSantis. Thank you.
1: Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv, and be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.
0: Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.
1: Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis.